When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. If you're a Nick fan, I'll just ask you right now, did you get any sleep? Have your feet touched the ground yet? After that thriller last night at MSG, a Friday night at the world's most famous arena. Bing Hope you enjoyed it. You look at some of the pictures that made their way onto social media and some of the images, I know a lot of people enjoyed it, maybe more than others did, celebrating the victory as it spilled out onto the streets there in New York City. What is going on, my people? Dan Gross' show on this Saturday a.m. here, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We take it for three hours as per usual. We'll hand things off to Anita coming up. At noon, I got my guys, Harvey Cruz, Joe Leo. They're producing the program today. And you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Gross, at G-R-A-C-A. The newly unverified Twitter account, by the way. You're not getting my money, Elon. Sorry about that. You'll take my blue check mark. You ain't taking my bucks. That is a guarantee. But how much fun was that last night? Right? How much fun was that? We did an hour show for you leading into the broadcast before we handed things over to the Garden. And, you know, some of the things that we talked about as to what had to happen in that game, right? You would have liked to see the offense get jump-started a little bit because, you know, even though the Knicks were able to steal that game one in Cleveland and get the home court advantage, the offense really was not kind of firing on all cylinders, at least what you would hope it to be. Now, Cleveland's got a really good defense. They're the number one defensive team in the NBA. We knew that going in, but you wanted to see a little bit more efficiency. Well, last night the game starts. And Knicks couldn't buy a bucket in the first quarter. But the good news was is that Cleveland was basically just as bad, if not worse, than the Knicks were when it came to shooting the rock. I mean, it was brick city last night in that first quarter. i got to be honest with you, it was tough to watch. I mean, can you imagine if that wasn't a playoff game and if it was just like your average, you know, Friday night, regular season NBA game, you'd probably turn that thing off in two seconds. You know, you go watch some TGIF reruns or something. That, that, That was tough to stomach, but you stayed with it because you knew the enormity of the game. You know, 17-all at the end of the first quarter in a, in, a, in a 1-1 series game three at Madison Square Garden, you probably didn't think that was the way it was going to be scripted. But funny thing happened the rest of the way, right? The Knicks kept up the intensity on the defensive end. And that is the calling card of a team that is going to be coached by Tom Thibodeau. And that is what this team's identity, for the most part, has been for years and years and years and years and years. Whether... The good times, the bad times, that's what they always like to preach. And that didn't go away last night because the Knicks finally got their bearings about them. They finally started making shots. You know, they actually look like a normal offensive team in the second half for sure. But the defense never went away. And that's why they won that game last night. Holding a team. Guys, this is 2023. Holding a team to under 80 points in a playoff game, no less. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. And look, I wasn't in the building last night, but my gosh, I talked to a couple of people that were, and you could just see it coming through your television. If you were listening to the game right here on 98.7, you could hear it coming through. I mean, that was, that was a vintage atmosphere. 
You know, maybe you're too young, some of you, to remember what it used to be like in the good old days. But, you know, you rewind, let's say, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. I mean, that was that's what that place used to be like in the spring. Late April into May. I mean, that was a regular occurrence. That place would be jumping. You knew that that was an appointment destination for sports. The Garden at springtime, whether it was the Knicks, whether it was the Rangers, whether it's both. And right now, that's where we're at again. Knicks taking care of business last night. Tonight, the Rangers are really going to look to put a stranglehold on the Devils, and you know that place is going to be bonkers. And oh, by the way, tomorrow afternoon, you come right back and you got another Knicks game. You couldn't ask for more if you're a fan of both of these teams that call Madison Square Garden home. But just, you know, that atmosphere, you, you, you can't get enough of that. You soak it up. And that's why you watch sports, and that's why you support your teams all throughout the regular seasons, good, bad, or indifferent, because you hope that eventually there's going to be some sort of a payoff like you have last night and you have in these type of games. Yeah, I think for the most part, you know, if you were a neutral observer watching that game last night, like if you're a basketball fan, you know, somewhere in Colorado watching that game last night, on, on ABC with Breen and Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson, you're probably looking at it and say, oh, my God, that's an ugly game. Awful. You look at the Cavaliers, and they couldn't buy a bad – I mean, seven for 33 from three-point range. Yikes. You probably think it's an ugly game, but you know what? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as the famous saying goes. And if you're a Knicks fan, you saw nothing wrong with that. That was a, that was a work of art, you know? You couldn't pour it any better off the canvas. You will take that seven days a week and twice on Sunday. It could still get the job done, and it could still be an effective way of winning basketball games. And the Knicks need two more of them. They need to find a way to bottle what happened last night at that building and do it two more times. And look, you want to tell me that a little bit later of a start last night had that place buzzing even more than usual, the fact that it was an 830 you know, whether some of the people before they stepped into the garden last night, they had a little bit of extra time to maybe fuel up before the game and get a couple of um, beverages in them, so to speak. You know, rocking and rolling responsibly, of course. We don't want to encourage anything. But tomorrow's going to be a little trickier, right? you got a 1 o'clock start, a little bit earlier in the day. You know, depending on if you're watching the Rangers tonight, going to that game, might be tough waking up and getting the energy and, and getting yourself worked up to a frenzy for that game tomorrow. But you know what? It works. It makes a difference because you cannot tell me, apart from anything that was happening on that, cart, or on that court in terms of the X's and O's and the guys that were in uniform doing the work out there, you can't tell me that that crowd did not play a role in that game last night. Some of the guys wearing a Cavalier uniform, they looked like they didn't want any part of it at times. Or they were clearly, clearly intimidated by it. You know, how about a guy like Darius Garland? Darius Garland was someone in game two that took over the basketball game, Right? Donovan Mitchell didn't exactly wow scoring the ball in game two, but it didn't matter because you got other guys step up. And I think that if you're a team like the Knicks, when you go about trying to slow down Cleveland, that's got to be your plan of attack. You know, you could say, well, let Mitchell do get his. If Mitchell's going to get his points, he's a great player. You know, he might score 30-35, but don't let anybody else beat you. You know, that's how you attack teams that have the great singular player. I don't care what year you're talking about. I don't care what team or conference or era of basketball. It is a team game. You want to neutralize some of those other guys. Garland was there in game two. Levert was there in game two. Last night, Darius Garland was terrible. Terrible. 
4 of 21. He think, I'll, I'll put it in these terms. Darius Garland made four more shots than I did, and I was on my couch last night. Four more than Grasso. Think about that. And I think the crowd had something to do with that. You know, this is supposed to be a distinct home court advantage. You got that last night. You got it. And you wondered if they'd get the offense going, and it was a little bit better, right? But when the defense shows up like it did, nothing else really matters. Because you can fuel off of that. And there were some question marks going into that game, right? We identified them for the last couple of days and certainly yesterday when we were getting you ready for the pregame show. Start with R.J. Barrett. People are critical of R.J. Barrett. I've been critical of R.J. Barrett. Last couple of days, a lot of people are really just piling on for how he's gotten off to a start this series. Hadn't been pretty. You know what? Last night, R.J. showed up. No other way to say it. He was the best player on the floor in the first half of that game. While nobody could make a shot, R.J. could. He was the one that kept the Knicks out ahead in that game. And it's a beautiful thing. Finishes with 19 points, only had 21 in the series before last night. And he almost matches it on Friday night at MSG. Love it. How about IQ? He was the next guy. Where was he all series? Well, last night, he didn't really have to do too, too much because the game started to get out of hand there in the second half. But you know what? IQ was a heck of a lot more efficient coming off the bench doing his thing in the you know, 20, 25 minutes that he played. He was a plus 27 last night. Emmanuel quickly. Four for six from the field. That's what you want to see. Wasn't even asked to score as much as we saw him maybe in the regular season at times. The only kind of disappointing aspect of the game last night in terms of the ones that we're really looking at was what happened to Quentin Grimes. He left in the second quarter with that shoulder injury. We got to see where he stands there because you don't want him to miss time. You don't, right? Because that means everybody else is going to have to do a little bit more. But Grimes wasn't really shooting the ball lights out even before he left last night. He was struggling just like a lot of his teammates were, so you hope that he gets better. We'll see quick turnaround if he's going to be able to give it a go come tomorrow afternoon. If he can't go, then, look, Josh Hart's going to be the guy that starts. He was the one who started the second half. I, look, I, I, I like Josh Hart coming off the bench. I don't, I, don't, I don't want Josh Hart in the starting lineup. He fits his role perfectly. I want him off the bench. You hope that Grimes is going to be able to play. And Josh Hart was better last night, too. He kind of fell into that malaise just like the rest of the team in game number two. But you got your normal Josh Hart performance last night. So all is right with the world. So while the crowd had an effect on the Cleveland Cavaliers, it also had an effect on the Knicks. Because you saw that bench go out there and produce. Something that we didn't see certainly in game number two in Cleveland and something that was really instrumental for this team all season long. Look at the bench production last night. Knicks were plus 25 when you're talking about just the reserves alone. And the crowd gave them a big, big assist. So this is where we're at. 2-1 Knicks. Still a long way to go. You're only halfway there. But now you're in a situation where you put some pressure on the Cavaliers. You've got home court advantage still, and you don't want to surrender that. And you want to get a little bit greedy. Take care of business tomorrow afternoon. Because if you could somehow get tomorrow, and then you're up 3-1, you like your chances needing only one out of the last three to move on to round number two. You know that Cleveland's going to come back and play a better game tomorrow. Because you can't look. Cleveland's not going to play any worse than they played last night. I'd be shocked. Shocked. They were able to respond game one to game two. 
You figure you're going to get an answer game three to game four. Knicks can't show any let up in this game. But at least for today, enjoy it. Feel good about it. Because last night was pretty damn special. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take plenty of your phone calls. We'll also get into the situation involving the other basketball team in town whose hopes are hanging by a thread right now as they try to stave off elimination against the 76ers. Great win for the Isles last night out at UBS. They are right back in this series, and by all accounts, the Islanders should be leading in this series. Let's face it. We'll talk plenty of the hockey. Of course, big Rangers-Devils game number three tonight at MSG. We'll get into all the baseball. Yankee bats a little cold last night against the Jays. You got a big one this afternoon with Alec Manoa and Garrett Cole. You know that those two aren't exactly uh, change, uh, exchanging holiday gifts anytime soon with uh, some of the things that have been said in the past revolving those two. And how about, how about Joey LaCasey? If he didn't stay up for it last night, you talk about one of the most improbable feats maybe that we've seen in this city in a long time. If I would have told you yesterday morning that forget about the Knicks, forget about the Cavs, forget about the Islanders, if I would have, the Yankees, whoever, if I would have told you that the single best performance by a New York athlete on Friday was going to be none other than a guy making his season debut, somebody who hadn't seen the mound in two years out in San Francisco, Joey LaCasey, a seven-inning gem for the New York Metropolitans. Wow. And it couldn't have come at a better time. Mets continue to roll. Pete Alonzo continues to roll. So we got a lot of stuff on the docket here for the next few hours. We'll get into some football stuff with the draft just a few days away, where things stand with the Giants and Saquon Barkley there too. Dan Gross' show. It is a Saturday morning. We are off and running right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's, it's one game, it's, is what it is. And so the, now the challenge is get ready for game four. So we got to take a look at the film, look at the things that we could do better, make our corrections, and then be ready for, for the game on Sunday. So, but I think the, the activity on defense was important for us. Um, you know, some of it that they missed some open shots too. So we know that the, the next challenge will be even greater, and uh, we got to play better. That's the message. Name of the game from the coach, Coach Tibbs. 
Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN on this Saturday. The morning after a convincing 20-point triumph for the Knickerbockers at MSG last night over the Cleveland Cavaliers, holding them to under 80 points. I mean, Mitchell had, what, 20-something points, but didn't really impact all that much. Well, you saw Donovan Mitchell just sitting there getting animated on the sidelines, trying to fire his guys up and try to, you know, spark the team. Really didn't happen. We mentioned Darius Garland a little bit later, or I mean a little bit earlier in the show, didn't do anything. Even nicked up his ankle a little bit there in the fourth quarter. You wonder if that's going to have any bearing on how he comes back tomorrow. Defensively, you couldn't have asked for anything more from this team. And you know what's a sign of growth here with this club? I mean, Julius Randle didn't have a great game last night, right? And if I would have told you, you know, before the series, if, if Julius Randle has a 3-for-15 game, you would have think that would be the lead story the next morning when we sign on and talk about what happened on the court last night. But no, that's almost like an, uh, an oh-by-the-way afterthought because other guys picked up the slack. So it's nice that you could go out there, have a convincing win, and Randle has very little to do with it. Although he did have that nice posterized dunk on Jared Allen, kind of a little bit of a payback from what happened there game number two. He stuffed it in his face. That's right, Edward. Yes, he did. Great job by Eddie last night, of course, on the mic with Wally Serbiak. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let's get some phone calls up here. We will start it off with our pal Marvin. He is in the Bronx, and he is up first here on 9870 ESPN. Mark, good morning, Dan, I want to thank you and Dave for the very kind words that you said about me yesterday. And oh. not only that, I'm developing the same relationship with you that I developed with Dave, and I'm looking forward to continuing down through the years. But I'm Marv, we're like something. family. We're like family. Yeah, yeah, We've bonded. We're like family. Something. I'm 68 years old, so I go back to the two championships. The Garden is a special place, and it took my mind back to those days, to the, to the Starks and Ewan days. And uh, But I will say this, to pivot on this, Tomorrow's a pivotal game because if they win tomorrow, it'll set up a chance. You know, you figure they can, when they go back to Cleveland, they're going to win that game. But that fifth game will be back in the garden, and they can finish it tomorrow. So tomorrow's, you know, with the euphoria after last night, and like I said, I probably didn't get any rest, and most Knicks fans did because it's been we've been in the desert so long. We're finally getting a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, Marv, that's exactly I, what I it's been, myself. don't you think? <laughs> so. Um, so we can't just get caught up in that. So it's important we win tomorrow. And thank you for everything nice you said about me. Marv, great phone call. Appreciate it. I agree with you. You get, get greedy right now. Gotta. Now, look, I understand it's not worst case scenario. You've avoided worst case scenario. You didn't lose both of these two games on, the, uh, on home court. You got one of them. But go out there and get the next one. You know, don't make this thing any more difficult than it has to be. Look, it's not going to be easy anyway. Right? But go win game four. But you're going to have to play. Knicks are going to have to play better. If, they've, if you have that same performance you, get, you got last night and you translate that to tomorrow, I don't know if it's going to be good enough to win because I don't expect Cleveland to be as bad as we saw last night. No way, no how. Like this to me, it just seems like it's setting up for one of these Donovan Mitchell go crazy type games tomorrow. You know, his team in a little bit of a hole. You got to get your best players to go out there and lead the charge for you, especially when you're trailing in a series, coming back home, the big stage. That's what would scare me about tomorrow's game. Spike at St. Pete is up next here on 98.7. Spike, good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, how do you think I am? My God, I'm about <laughs> eight feet. But for Marvin, uh, 68 years old, Marvin will remember this good old tune. Larry Chance and the Earls, remember then. 
That's what that was a throwback game. Now, there's one stat that uh, I kept preaching to everyone I talked to, Hoops, and a lot of people were all over the place. And I said, just remember this stat. And I think Alan Awali mentioned it. Donovan Mitchell has a precipitous drop shooting percentage on the road. I don't know if he loves the rims at Cleveland. You would think he, he'd understand them, maybe if that's the right term, a little better, because he plays uh, half his games there, plus probably practices in that gym or an adjacent facility. So uh, they just kicked their ass last night, and they let him play, and the Knicks defense was swarming. I'm a little concerned about Clinton Grimes because he, he, you know, he went down pretty good. But you hit it on the head. You needed better performances from Emmanuel quickly. He wasn't great, but he didn't turn the ball over much. What I say, you, I've talked to you so many times now. Control mm-hmm. the boards and keep the turnovers low. And they did shoot better than the 24 and the 27% from three. I didn't look at it, probably 30% or so. But uh, they made this, this guy, Jalen Brunson. Now, he is exhausted. He, first of all, on defense, he tries hard. He's diminutive. He hits the deck a lot. But, but his footwork, he put one move in the paint on, I forget who, it was either Garland or Mitchell or, or maybe LeVert. He put a move in the paint. I, he just kept his pivot foot anchored with those sneakers. What were they, green, I think? He just kept, you know, sliding and moving his hips. He's brilliant in the paint, and I think he's in the top three in the NBA taking out the bigs. But it was a great victory. The people went nuts, but let's not forget the task at hand, as Marvin said. You come out tomorrow and shoot better again. Just get in their face and don't go over the screens. Play the way you're playing, and hopefully we win tomorrow. 79 points. 79 points. Uh, you're not you're not holding them below seventy nine. I, I I'd be shocked, Spike. And thanks for the phone call. You're taking one game at a time. You know, like I said, I said after game one, I thought game two was the quote unquote house money game. You know, not super important. It'd be great to get, but you set out and accomplished what you needed to do in stealing the home court advantage. I'm not saying that about tomorrow. Tomorrow to me is not playing with house money. Tomorrow's a game that if you want to win this series, get the game. Get the game, because if you go up 3-1, then pretty much, even though you can't count your chickens before they hatch, I think you're feeling pretty good about the Knicks advancing around number two. But it's not going to be easy. By the way, and, and I don't, again, I'm just taking what Spike is reporting, the, the Donovan Mitchell stuff, because I never looked into it personally about his splits, home and road. They're really not that different, to be quite honest with you. This year, he shot 48% uh, at home, and he shot like, you know, 0.488 at home and 0.481 on the road. So it's like minuscule. It's like flipping a coin difference between home and the road. And believe it or not, he actually averaged a point more on the road than he did at home this season. So I, I don't know where that was said or who said that, but the numbers don't necessarily uh, play itself out that way, at least for this season, which is his first in Cleveland. Maybe previously in his career when he was a member of the Utah Jazz, that's one thing, but Cleveland... It's really been no different. Let's say hi to Reggie in the car, who was up next here on 98.7. Hey, Reg, good morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Reg, you know what? If I was any better, I'd be you right now. <laughs> Listen, that was a tremendous victory yesterday for all the people who keep talking about this. R.J. Barrett, we need to move him. People are out of their minds. He's 22 years old. It's only his second time in the playoffs. Got to keep doing it till you get it right. I think he will come along. 
they kind of did what they did with Darius Garland the other night. So you saw a lot of Donovan Mitchell deferring to Darius Garland. You saw that they got Barrett in the off, involved in the offense very early. He was knocking that shot down. I was shocked that Bickerstaff did not come out of that 2-3 zone, that he stayed in that 2-3 zone basically that whole game. I came out of that um, to cover the shooters, but, you know, that, you know, that sucks to be them. Um, but tremendous victory. I mean, you know, you know, uh, um, Randall didn't have a good game, but when you got people stepping up, um, I, I thought it was great, and I, and, I, and I agree with you. I think, you know, you come Sunday, your confidence is high, and I love the way that they're – like, I love this series. Out of all the series of the NBA, I'm really – between this and the Suns, even though the Clippers are not going to win. But defensively, it's, a, it's like a clean defensive game. Um, I would start quickly in game four and bring um, uh, another dude off the bench. I think, you know, you having these slow starts because, you know, they're crowding up on, on Brunson and Randall. Um, you know, obviously RJ came out that game. Are you saying, uh, Reg, 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 wait up? Are you saying start quickly if Grimes can't go? Is that what you're saying? No, I would start. I would start quickly over Grimes. Period. Because mm. what is Grimes giving you? He hasn't really given you anything. And whenever he's open for that three, because clearly this is what the NBA is now. They're Here, chucking threes all game. But but here's he the problem. He's not knocking them down. Here, Reg, uh-huh. here's the problem, and here's why I, I respectfully disagree with you. It's the same reason, because remember, when Josh Hart got here, people were saying the same thing. I remember doing shows with Bart Scott, and Bart and I were disagreeing. He was saying, put Josh Hart in the starting lineup, and, and, and I disagree with that, because you want the bench to be a factor in the game for you. You want the bench to almost be like an, a, a weapon for you. Having quickly come off the bench, having Josh Hart come off the bench, even though they have different skill sets, that's an edge that the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau could play. It's like having that ace in the hole that you have. Like, imagine if quickly was in the starting lineup, where are they getting offense from the reserves, right? I don't think you have any. No, not necessarily, but uh, I think I think Josh is a little hesitant offensively in, in times that I think he shouldn't be, Right. So I mean, I but that's not his game, Reg. The... No, his, his game is defense. You know, you know, sliding on the floor. You know, our version of Dennis Rodman, right? So, um, to a lesser extent. Um, but the slow starts are really, really slow. You know, when they, when they, when they, when they, when they're doubling Brunson on the on the pick and roll, and and Randall ain't knocking it down. Then who else in the starting lineup? I mean, obviously, you know, we had a flash of Barrett again. And I argue with my, with my own friends. I'm like, yo, listen, this dude scored 45 points in the game. So it's not like he can't score. And I know the, the playoffs are, are completely different from the regular season. But it's hard to score 45 points in the NBA. So, and he did that. So he can score. I think, you know, more confidence, he'll be all right. But I, I would experiment. You know, maybe I'll start quickly, see what I can get offensively. I mean, he's basically – defensively, he'll do the same thing that Grimes is doing. He'll just score a little bit more. Cause I, right now, Grimes ain't giving you nothing. Well, this is why you, but he, this is why we're out there looking at the '90s Knicks, which I don't have a problem with because they won. But we out there to score in the first quarter, seventeen to seventeen. But that was, you know, Reg. Score. It was Reg. That was one of those games. And I thank you for the phone call. Like it was bad both sides last night. You know, you want to chalk it up to Friday night, the Garden going crazy. I, I mean, neither team could throw the ball in the ocean last night. I don't think it's an indictment necessarily on the Knicks. The thing about Grimes is, remember. Last couple of weeks of the regular season, we saw flashes from him. He had a handful of 20-point games. Like, he was really starting to maybe develop and feel more comfortable in his role a little bit. I would hate for this injury to potentially set him back a tad. 
But I don't want to sacrifice the scoring punch that guys like IQ give me off the bench because where's it coming from? You know, think about this. Last night, right? Last night there was such an edge for the Knicks off the bench compared to Cleveland. What did Bickerstaff do before the game? Did you see the change he made in the starting lineup? He put Karis LeVert in the starting lineup last night because he had a real good game in game number two, and he dropped Isaac Okoro to, to the bench. Okoro's a defensive first guy, right? He's probably Cleveland's best perimeter defender, quite honestly. So you put LeVert in the starting lineup, and what did Cleveland end up getting from their bench last night? Nothing. Believe it or not, Okoro was their high scorer off the bench, and he had seven points. You know what I mean? So you got to really be careful when you're just sitting there, oh, let's make change for the sake of making change. Guys, this isn't the middle of January. This is the postseason. You know, you're a couple of games away from having your season end. This is not the time to experiment, especially when you're up two games to one. All right, more conversation on this, 800-919-3776. We'll also get into the Nets situation today as things are pretty bleak for them, although they're not going to have to deal with Joel Embiid at least. Dan Gross's show. We roll till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser show on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Just diving a little bit deeper into these Donovan Mitchell numbers, like before we were talking about, you know, the shooting percentage, the splits, the home versus the road, what he did for the Cavaliers this year. Career-wise, again, there's really not that much difference. Career-wise, he shoots 45% at home, 44% on the road. Minuscule. You want to talk about scoring? He averages 24.7 at home, 24.5 on the road. It's literally not big of a difference at all. He's a pretty consistent player no matter where he's playing. And, look, you're going to get a better Donovan Mitchell tomorrow. That, forget about the outcome of the game, the result. I would, the thing that would surprise me more than anything is if Mitchell doesn't have a big-time game tomorrow. But let's go back to RJ because, look, I understand everybody's going to have an opinion one way or the other on Barrett. You're going to be pro-RJ Barrett. You're going to be anti-RJ Barrett. I don't know if there's anybody, like, split right down the middle with him. And you're going to hear all the same excuses like we heard from Reggie, whatever, you know, 22 years old. And, you know, if, if you're a pro RJ guy, you think that the ceiling is extremely high still and he's still developing and you're going to get more often than not nights like you had Friday at MSG. But you want to see a little bit more consistency. I, I, I don't think that that's too much to ask because the first couple of games of this series on the road, you expected more. I think the Knicks expected more. They may not come out and say that. But you need more from a player like that. But it's funny the way this whole thing has played itself out. And we talk about it a lot. 
and certainly the way like the other events in the NBA have kind of materialized over the last year. Like right now, what's happening in the playoffs? Like RJ is always going to be linked to those two other guys in his draft class, the ones that came before him, Zion and John Morant. Zion's team not even playing. Zion himself can't even get on the damn floor, even though he's healthy enough. I mean, he's sitting there doing slam dunks and windmills in the, in the layup line during warm-ups, but he won't play because he needs to be 150% or whatever the hell going on with that situation. It's extremely peculiar, and thankfully you don't have to worry about it if you're a Knicks fan. And then you have John Morant, who we know got himself into a world of mess this year off the court, and he's lucky that he's even still playing right now, but he couldn't even take the floor last game because he injured his hand. And so the guy, even though maybe from an individual performance is not exactly wowing like the other two guys do when they do play, R.J. Barrett's the only one that's available. So in a very unconventional, strange, backhand way, the Knicks may have been the ones still benefiting from this because their guy actually shows up and takes the floor, good, bad, or indifferent. Let's hear from our guy Omar in Brooklyn, who, believe it or not, was actually at the game last night. I'm surprised I didn't hear him through the speakers on my TV. Omar, how are you? Okay, good morning, Dan. Here, I come here. I was last three days from Thursday. First, let me clear, I'm a pro R.J. Barrett, and I said that this series is going to win if R.J. Barrett has a good series. First two games offensively first game defensively he locked down goal right very good defensive game La- yesterday a very good defensive and offensive game Knicks are up 2-1 so he has performed a, a one game exceptional and one game a, a, the one totally bad game the game two and everybody has a bad game Julius Randle has won first quarter out of nine, uh, uh, 11 more quarters, he has been terrible. One quarter, the first quarter of first game, and he has been terrible. Brunson was terrible in game two. RJ Bad, you, you, you guys want to put the media, so-called media, wants to throw him out, and a lot of fan base wants to follow that around. Let me hear that, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett... If he gets a rhythm early, I want ball. I told the other guys, mm-hmm. I want the ball in R.J. Barrett's hand. The first possession will go to Brunson, and second and third possession should not go to Julius Randle. Barrett in his hand, and he makes a play. Even Julius Randle shoots the ball in the end, but Barrett is the penetrator in that to get into his rhythm. He wants the ball. They want him to become a jump shooter that he is not. That's the problem. And you give so much dimensions to Julius Randle. Give a break. Thibodeau is a pro-Randle guy. But whenever RJ better do something, he's on the bench. Like Iman Kusle is on the bench. Like Grimes is on the bench. Like Obi Toppin is on the bench. But Randle gets older. Nobody... Blame because we won the game. Nobody's going to say nothing about Julius Randle. He has terrible 11 quarters out of 12 quarters. Oh, he's By the way, let me stop you for one second, though, because you bring up Randle, and it got me thinking. And, and you know what? What you're saying about Randle, you're kind of right. You're kind of right. He had that great first game. We didn't know if he was going to play because of the ankle. You know, a couple of so-so games since. 
you know what nobody's bringing up? How's the ankle? Right? You notice how we haven't mentioned the ankle in the last couple of games because he had that great game one. But maybe that's something we'll throw into the universe right now. Is that ankle bothering him a little bit? Uh, listen, I, I I am a Knicks fan. I don't want to come here and talk about every individual and rip apart. I want to root for my team. Some players have off games, but here it is. It becomes so exceptional. RJ Barrett. I understand that he has to be consistent, but the coaching staff has a, the the reality is that he's a third option in the team, and in the regular season he averaged 19 points. Last night, he scored 19 points, and you won the game. Yes, with inconsistent R.J. Barrett, he still averaged 19 points, the best of his career. So he has a lot of potential that is going to grow up. Stop cutting. Throw him out of town. Throw him out of town. R.J. Barrett is here to stay, should be here to stay. And last night, Obi Toppin dunk, the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks fans love Obi Toppin. There they is do. no, there is nothing about it. I was in the game. My son, they, they are Andre Barrett fan, but where, Obi where, where were your seats so, last night, Omar? Yeah. Where were you yes. sitting last night? I was sitting in two twenty one row one, a, a seat seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So wow, so you uh, had four of them. Nice. Like I said, I'm surprised I didn't hear you through the TV. My four sons and me, uh, five of them. How much did that cost you? It probably cost you an arm and a leg. $2,800. Oh, my God. $2,800. Oh Listen, I God. wanted to show. I said I can go to game four, but I wanted to show that RJ Barrett. I am an RJ Barrett fan, and I wanted yesterday my best day. There was Eid Festival, our religious holiday. That is the, my son said it, too. This is the best Eid, and my six years old. Oh, my God. He said, I want to meet Brunson. He loves Brunson. He got a Brunson jersey. He loves Brunson. You know what? Hey, Omar. <laughs> I'll tell you something. And thanks for the phone call, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. For $2,800, Jalen Brunson should come up and, and sit there and eat popcorn with you for $2,800. That is crazy. Well, God bless you, you know, going to the game. Seriously. And you had a great night. Everything. You know what's funny? And we love Omar. If somebody just turned on the radio this morning and, and, and picked it up right in the middle of Omar's diatribe there, and maybe they didn't watch the game last night and you just listened to Omar, you would have thought that the Knicks lost by 25. <laughs> Not one by 20. That's what's great. Love it. Hey, you know what? He brings up a valid point, at least about Randall. You know, and that's what winning does. Winning maybe masks some of these other things, but we're not complaining about that right now. The only reason Julius Randall and his performance the last couple of games is going to be called out there is if the Knicks lose tomorrow and Randall struggles again. Then all of a sudden it's going to be like, whoa, 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 what's up with Julius Randle? Right? Because he hasn't shot the ball great in this series. Really and truly hasn't. You know, he's shooting 32% from the floor in these three games. But the Knicks have won two of them. And that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that should matter, too, if you're a fan. More of this conversation, 800-919-3776. We'll also get into the hockey as well as we move on this morning. Dan Gross, the show till noon, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Throw him out of town. Throw him out of town. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Take it right up until noon. Remember, we got game three, Rangers-Devils coming up tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. The coverage gets underway that, with that guy, as a matter of fact, with that guy. He's actually going to do a bridge 30-minute show from Tweet 7 that. to 7.30. Tweet and then he's going to do the pregame for you. And then puck drop at 8 o'clock. Kenny and Dave on the call. Rangers-Devils game number three. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw any of the images that made their way onto the worldwide internet last night after that game. And I mean, the, the thought that came to my mind was, God forbid the Knicks ever make it to the NBA Finals or maybe win a championship. Because if this is how people are going to react to winning one game, a game three in round one of the playoffs, like, I don't know what would happen to this city. And I understand that things are different now because in, in, in the social media world, and a lot of this stuff is kind of just for effect anyways, and people want to make sure that they, you know, their buddies capture it with the phone, and then they throw it all over the internet for all the world to see, and it goes viral. Because to some people, that's like their greatest life accomplishment. And it only, it's all downhill from there. But I got a kick out of it, you know, as long as nobody's getting hurt. But just sitting there watching it, it was kind of amusing. Like you had some yo-yo climb a lamppost in one of those like street signs and like get way the hell to the top. And thankfully, you know, he didn't fall and, you know, crack his skull open, which, you know, might happen the next time. I, I, I can't promise otherwise. And on 8th Avenue last night, it was like 8th Avenue and the corner of 8th Avenue and 31st, I think it was. They had like, they had a, a one-on-one game break out in the right-hand lane on Eighth Avenue. They closed the lane down. They had he one of those like they face. had one of those like buses there that had like the makeshift kind of hoop on the front of the bus, and so you had two guys playing one-on-one with the basketball hoop. This is at like midnight on Friday, only in New York City. But like that's. This is just winning one game. Can you um, can you imagine if the Knicks win this series or, or, or win tomorrow? God forbid. Like, what are they going to do in daylight hours? Because it's a 1 o'clock start tomorrow. God forbid. Let's say hi to Will in Queens Village, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Will, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, I need you to be patient with me because I've never called before. But um, I love the show and all of that stuff. Thank you, Will. I just it's good to, to hear talk from about you. The, I just want to talk about the Knicks. The Knicks made me hate every great ever in, since 86. I was born in 86, so I hated Michael Jordan, Shaq. I hated Kobe. I hated all of the greats until I was old enough to realize you couldn't hate the greats. But mm-hmm. my point is my attachment to the Knicks. So the point I'm trying to get to here is I hope some of the Knicks are listening because I've been watching y'all all year, and I'm watching y'all through the playoffs. I just hope the Knicks don't get caught up in the hype. Don't get caught up in the hype. Just stay grounded as a team, and we're going to do what we got to do. I'm not saying we're going to 
win the championship like somebody might get up here and say, I'm not even looking forward to the second round. I mean, I'm looking forward optimistically, but just to be realistic, we're going to stay in the present. But the point I'm trying to make to players like R.J. Barrett and um, Obi Toppin, Grimes, Quigley, my boy, Josh Hart. I don't consider Josh Hart one of our young players. But anyway, just don't get caught up in thinking y'all got to do too much. If everybody play their role, we're going to do some things. I think Julius Randle might not be as healthy as he's trying to say he is. Obviously, his game is proven that. And I think Jalen Brunson might be hurt a little bit, too. I might be going out on a limb saying that. But I think RJ showed that if you get the ball in his hands early, like your boy Omar said when he called in, mm-hmm. he could get in a rhythm early in the game. And then everybody else are going to do what they're going to do regardless. The only one we worry about every game is RJ. So why not get him a couple possessions early on, see what he could do. And like he did last night, it was a nice showing. So I just wanted to say that. Well, look, I think you make some good points. Thanks for calling. Get back to us here. I, I'll say this real quick because we got to hit the break. When you're talking about not looking too far ahead, not trying to do too much, the Knicks have the perfect head coach for that. Tom Thibodeau doesn't allow that. He doesn't preach that. Tom Thibodeau was a very much stay-in-the-moment type of guy. The Knicks could win a championship, and Tom Thibodeau will be up there on the podium saying, we haven't won anything yet because we still have to have the parade first. Like, that's how much of an in-the-now type of dude he is. And you know what? You hope it rubs off on the players. I think they'll be the first ones to tell you. You're up 2-1 in the series. You haven't won anything yet. And the toughest game is going to be the next one, which is tomorrow. All right, good first hour. Still got more to do. 800-919-3776. More of your calls. We'll get into the hockey as well. Big one tonight at MSG for the Rangers and Devils and a good performance by the Isles last night out at UBS. Dan Grasso Show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN.